It's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food plant based food, non plant based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry, as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week I'm joined by Jim from Jimmy's Ice Coffee. So I've added another ritual into these podcasts where each guest gives a 30 second elevator pitch to introduce themselves. So I'll leave that introduction to Jim. However, this episode discusses some really interesting topics such as the journey to Jimmy's, the iced coffee recipe, the shift towards plant-based milks, as well as an insight into the pure graft that goes into creating successful brands and businesses. I really love speaking to Jimmy about all things coffee and the Jimmy's coffee culture. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. So first of all, Jimmy, how are you? I'm really well, thank you, Georgia. Yeah, I'm very, very good. It's a um, beautiful May, sunny day. I've taken the kids to school. The house is quiet and I'll uh, duck into work in a bit. But uh, yeah, nice, calm morning so far. Lovely, so nice. So to start off with, I want to hear your like elevator pitch, 30 seconds, who you are, what you do, 30 seconds. Right, so yeah, I'm, I'm Jim, I'm co-founder of Jimmy's Ice Coffee. Uh, I was doing awful jobs in the UK back in 2008, um, got really fed up with it, decided to go and get some heat, went to Australia, discovered the phenomenon of ready-to-drink iced coffee um, on, a, on a road trip, just a ran to a petrol station um found this product fell in love with it came home back to the uk realized that there needs to be a really really decent refreshing quality iced coffee um in supermarkets and there wasn't so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna go make one myself so i partnered up with my sister who's my business partner and um you know we're here 11 years later and we're what are we doing we're selling a jimmy's every four seconds 24 hours a day seven days a week so it's wow. it's cool it's been a big journey but loads that of fun. is amazing that is so amazing there's so much in that 30 seconds that i want to touch on but before i do i also have some quick fire questions that i want to ask you great just to kind of get people to know you in a bit more detail so sweet or savory savory pizza or pasta pizza juicy burger or overloaded salad Oh, that is genuinely a really tough one. I'd probably go burger. Yeah. Rice or noodles? Rice. Cook in or eat out? Um, eat out. And favourite delivery? Oh, they don't even deliver to my area. That's I was going to ask that. I was going to ask um, If it was anything around here, uh, it would probably be like a waggers or something yeah that's a good one yeah Can't go wrong because it's go really wrong. good yeah 
that is really yeah you can't go wrong with that yeah so touching on a few things that you mentioned in your 30 seconds so you partnered up with your sister I mean how has that worked I mean that's really firstly it's so nice to have it in the family working with your sister amazing but how has that been in terms of has that I mean, obviously there's pros and cons to both but how has that been it's been amazing it's been it's been such a monumental journey mm. um you know we've been doing it for 11 years we didn't really hang out much before because we weren't we didn't really have you know a great deal in common um before and i think we both had this expat kind of can do attitude which is one thing that we've shared as a value kind of between us um i think also when you're when you partner with a sibling you automatically know who they are like you know the mm. very very bottom and the very top of who they are yeah uh, and you've also got trust built in there in 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 most situations i know people can you know fall out and all that kind of stuff um but in general you know you know who you're you, you know you know who you're partnering up with and um yeah it's been it's been monumental and there are days when we will sit and we will just chat about work and then we chat about life and then we talk about big dreams that we've got um for the future and stuff which I don't know whether you can do with business partners I'm sure you can yeah. um but yeah it's been it's just been or I'm mean, mega has been the is probably the best describing word of that it's so nice. I think that's so true. I feel like the trust part is so huge and like mm. it is hard to trust people, but with family, like you've just automatically, obviously, you know, case for case, but you've automatically got that kind of trust there, which I think is just so nice. Yeah. And some we've been, we've been so nice or like kind of forgiving with people that you kind of, you have to, you genuinely have to earn trust. You can't just mm. give them a hundred percent and then they just degrade it and wilt it away. Mm. Um, and we, you know, we had that from day dot, you know, yeah. she's three years older than I am. And we've, you know, we've been like so close for so many years. So it kind of made sense that we were going to go into business together. Yeah, definitely. And does that kind of family feel kind of go through the business as a whole? Like, does that, does your kind of bond between you and your sister kind of like reflect the the company's culture? It does. Cause I mean, we, we are very much a family kind of, we are very much a family business and you, mm. I've been on, you know, you go to another business to go and chat about life and work and stuff and you kind of have a little look at the team and then you see the CEO and the marketing director and supply and ops directors and stuff and they're, you know, they're not related and it does feel a little bit different because it's a bit more, I don't know, maybe feels perhaps more professional. Yeah. Whereas because we're family, we can kind of, I don't know, throw a few hugs out um, yeah. and just be a bit more, I don't know, just a bit more of a family dynamic, how how a normal family would work as opposed yeah. to how businesses typically work and I think that you know that could be a downfall in some situations um but then it can also be a really really it, it can be a real positive yeah yeah definitely I think it's nice I also think that you know employees like that kind of family friendly approach to things I feel like they'll feel like they're a part of something yeah. whereas maybe in a colder not to say colder culture but like a more professional culture maybe it might yeah. be a bit harder to kind of yeah feel that kind of warmth um to an extent so with your journey to Australia was your sister with you then she wasn't no I was with my lady uh Sophie who's my mm -hmm. wife okay. and uh she she could tell I, I came home from work one day uh when I was just working as a laborer on a building site and I came home one day really really distressed um because I basically just got to the end of my road and I was kind of like 27 and I didn't know what I was doing I was being paid mm -hmm. like nothing um I just realized 
I've actually, because I, 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 I do believe in myself. And I just thought, do you, do you know what, Jim, you've got so much more to give mm-hmm. and so much more to learn. And there's a whole, there is a whole world out there. And I felt like I'd been given such a good opportunity growing up in Dubai. And then yeah. I'd come home and I was now just on a work, on a building site. And I was like, when am I going to, how, how much longer am I going to be drip, like digging holes for? Yeah. So yeah, when I got home, I was, I was in a real kind of bad state. And um, I just said, can we just both get out of here for a little while? And my my wife was just like, yeah, hundred percent, let's go. So um, so we did. So yeah, sorry, I kind of expanded on Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's that's so. Sometimes you do need just to kind of get away, and then you kind of. It's funny how things kind of just work out, and you kind of just fell into this place where you found this product, and it just kind of the stars kind of aligned for you yeah. in that sense, which is really really nice. Yeah. And do you think that obviously bringing the iced coffee? to the UK do you think you're like launching that product over here do you think you are also trying to to teach the UK consumers a different way to kind of drink coffee because obviously am I right in saying that Jimmy's launched in 2011 uh yep April 7th 2011 exactly that yeah so I guess back then I mean iced coffee now is huge here like I walked outside today and everyone had an iced coffee in their hand but Mm. I don't know if it was always like that I mean you might say otherwise but like in the UK no it wasn't no, it wasn't. There were only um, there were only a couple of brands existing when we were um, when we launched, and it was when we when we were actually doing a little bit of research. Some of the coffee shops were saying that um, they they were leaving their iced coffee menu boards up for the first time that, that winter of twenty eleven, mm. and that was a big sign to know that people are happy to make an order of an iced coffee on a cold January day. That was a mm. really big step for us because if they took it down every winter. And they were like, no one ever buys it. You kind of go, okay, fine. Um, yeah. But that that was a real kind of telltale sign for us. Um, but also, like when we came back, we put the product into a carton, and we were just like, this is this is the best kind of drinking thing that you can drink from because it's just it's the coolest. It looks great on shelf, mm-hmm. um, and that was quite hard to convince people because it was five hundred mil at the time, yeah. and people don't want they don't want five hundred mil of milk and coffee. Um, oh. People are actually more interested in. 250 275 330 but because it was based on my opinion um that's all we went on and then uh, after that we kind of realized okay we need to go smaller slightly smaller portion size um and as as you said just earlier you've learned so much in the last seven months um and we've done the same thing over you know 11 years Mm, absolutely I think that's I mean that's a kind of a good problem to be in that you made too much and you had to cut back I mean that's a really nice position to be in rather than being like oh god we've got to make more um, it's kind of easier, I'd say, to kind of cut back than it is to kind of add on. So that's kind of yeah. a nice position to, to yeah. be in. Yeah. And with the recipe of the Jimmy's Ice Coffee, like how did you go about that? Because obviously that's the thing that, I mean, that's the secret really, isn't it? So how did you go about creating like the best iced coffee? Like what was in it for you? Like What, what did you look for? So our, our starting point was the fact that... Um... All of the other iced coffees that you pick up in a supermarket are really sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Some of them so can true. be quite thick. And they tend to, if you drink one, you kind of might feel like you need a glass of water just to wash it down afterwards. Mm-hmm. And the feeling that I got when I drank iced coffee in Oz was, it was just like an ultra refreshment where mm. you kind of properly quench your thirst as opposed to kind of sip your way through something. Um, and that was basically the starting point for like, the brief that we kind of gave ourselves was to make a refreshing ready to drink iced coffee Mm -hmm. my sister had a coffee shop before she came into business with me so we actually just used her shop as a as a lab 
cool. and we knocked up heaps of different iced coffees and we actually just gave out loads to all the customers in the store um and um they the majority of the people were like this is this is fantastic it's not too sweet it's really nice and cold it's got a good coffee hit and we we put that in like a like an empty water bottle um like a big vat of it and once we had found our co-packer who are the people that make product for us they've got like a lab kind of test kitchen mm-hmm. so we took that kind of recipe with us to the test kitchen and then we had to kind of match it on a um on a larger scale manufacturing like program or process which we did um and it took us it actually only took us 10 goes to get the original recipe right wow. um which we're really really proud of and but, i mean it shouldn't really take too long because you, you you can make a coffee very very easily and just add some milk chuck some ice in and you've got yourself a nice coffee yeah. it's not uh, it's not really um it's not like coke who've got you know that massive secret recipe or Lee and Perrins which has got all of these you know 17 years of leaving barrels underneath the storage thing and people discovering them that many years later yeah. and finding the dream you know it's um mm-hmm. it's it's very very simple anyone can make it um but that's yeah that's how we went about doing it I guess the secret's kind of in the bean as well like the coffee bean itself like have you changed your coffee bean since the, the beginning or has your has that changed or have you kind of stuck stuck with it no we pretty much uh we well we've done it's kind of been around central america really um and um where where are we now we're in colombia which is where all of our coffees come from from a region called huila um and before that we were in we were part of the cooperative in honduras um but typically you know an, an arabica bean which is grown at a higher altitude so you get more of a or less of less of a bitter flavor than you would do from a, a robusta bean um kind of helps with that it just gives it just a more rounded easy drinking flavor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amazing i do find coffee so fascinating it is kind of an art with the bean like it is definitely like the regions say so much about the coffee yeah and the texture yeah and all the different processes I mean, i'm still quite a novice when it comes to specialty coffee because it's it's massively complicated and if you go i don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called james hoffman but he's an inc- he's like the coffee guy the global coffee guy and wow. he can go down a rabbit hole for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours um and yet if you just put a a teaspoon of freshly ground coffee into a cafe chair leave it to settle for a minute and a half you can pour yourself a decent cup of coffee but there are so many different theories and everything around how the process of how it was done the temperature of the water that you're putting in how long you leave it to steep for whether you stir it beforehand taking the muck off the top there's you know there's a billion one things but us as a you know us guys we're we're not so um precious about that kind of stuff because you've got life to live and you don't want to be that in your kitchen for four hours making a coffee which is probably going to end up spilling on the floor because a kid runs into you or something so yeah (laughs) keep Keep it it simple yeah keep Keep it it simple. simple yeah so um, the other thing I want to talk about is the milk thing. So obviously 2011 when it launched, you, I'm guessing, launched the dairy product. And yes. between 2011 and now, there's obviously been a massive shift into non-dairy, plant-based. Yeah. So did you um, feel the demand and then, because I now know you've got your oat, your oat iced coffee. Did yeah. you feel the demand growing and then that's where you went into the oat one? And my second part to this question is is the dairy one still more popular or is it kind of on par between the oat and the dairy? Um, So how do we come about doing the oat? I think, well, I, um, I will have, if I'm having hot coffee, I'll always have oat. Um, So if I go to a specialty coffee shop, I'll have an oat flat white or a cortado or even a little piccolo or something like that. Um, At home, you know, when I have tea, I have oat in my tea Mm -hmm. and 
it was just one of those kind of sideline things that just started coming into the market and you're like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few of our few of the people in the office were actually kind of like, well, yeah, I, I use oat milk in all of my stuff. I have it on my cereal. So we started just talking a little bit about it. So I think it was kind of like a multi-pronged attack. Um, mm-hmm. And then we just decided, you know, let's, let's, let's give it a go because there are a lot of consumers out there that do need, you know, whether it's dairy free or they just like the taste yeah. or they just think it's a better lifestyle choice or whatever, or whatever the decision that they wanted to, to make to get to wanting to drink a dairy alternative or go with something like oat. So um, that's how, that's how we got into it. And we've, we finally nailed the recipe. We've just taken a tiny bit more sugar out. So we've got much more of a, uh coffee flavor in our latest batch that's just come out which we're really really happy with um your second question again i'm sorry no worries it was about um oh the the difference in popularity so um so for example we've got well we've got our original and we've got our mocha and they're both with dairy uh and then we've obviously got the oat and we do um an extra shot as well which isn't actually a, a, a fantastic performer but oat is becoming massively it's, it's growing a lot so for example in a waitrose store it'll probably be doing performing about two-thirds to three-quarters of what um a dairy product is doing okay so it'll be interesting to see you know with with climate change and we understand that dairy is a big deal um mm. but you know we can't just turn on we can't just turn turn it off it's no. something that we might end up phasing out over the course of 10 years mm-hmm. um or five or eight years just depending yeah. on how it all works but you know, you know, there's also other dairy alternatives that aren't necessarily all that great, such as like almond milk or, you know, there's, you can read a thousand white papers on bits and pieces, but we believe yeah. oat to be the best one. Um, so if, I think if we did do a full switch, that's probably where we'd end up going. Yeah. But these things just take time. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think there'll be maybe an oat-based mocha soon or do you think you'll be introducing more oat milk products or for now as the, the oat one that you've got kind of doing it, doing well? There's, we, do you know what? We actually just had this conversation about a week ago about um, there's quite a popular oat drink out there and they do a chocolate milk version of it and it's incredibly tasty. Mm. And we were thinking, well, do you know what? If people are tempted to go into oat, but they don't just want to go coffee and oat, they want a flavour in there to try and ease the introduction into that, Mm-mm. then something like an oat mocha would be, would be amazing. But we've actually got another product that we're launching, which is going to be in dairy first before we dive into this just based on the stats of what's going to sell really well and what's going to work because it's there's nothing more disappointing than trying to launch a product like we've done a decaf product for example and I think we just came in way too early with it and um and it just failed and it's just and it's just really disappointing uh because you it's great that you take the risk and you go and jump into it but if it doesn't work you realize you put all that effort in and then it just kind of fades out so it's um, really interesting with that though because I do think when you said you came in too early that's fascinating because as of recently I've heard a lot of people having a lot more decaf coffee now than I ever have before because of yeah the shakes that they have and the way they make them feel and I've never been a decaf coffee drinker. Like I love my coffee, but I can only mm. have one. Otherwise, I really struggle. But I yeah. like having that one. I like the I like the caffeine. Yeah. Um, so, do you think maybe you will try and reintroduce that back in later on? I think it'll depend. We will need to. This is one particular product where we'll have to do a great deal of research. Mm. So, um, finding out from coffee shops how, what's the frequency of a decaf order. Um, also looking at the instant coffee aisle and the um, specialty coffee aisle and seeing what proportion of coffee is decaf. Mm. Because at the moment, it looks like it's about one in 10. 
Okay. Um, and that's not a good enough stat when we have to, well, like minimum, pro- minimum production runs for us are like substantial. So mm-hmm. to make something so big for it then just to not work and also not get a retailer to list it is, is, is pretty hard. Um, yeah, but there's, yeah. a, there's a really cool coffee roasters here called Bad Hand uh, based in mm. Bournemouth and they do a half calf. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So they'll mix a, they'll just mix a decaf with a full calf. And so you can go to a coffee shop and rather having your one favorite coffee and then going on to decaf, you can have, because I like to have two cups of coffee if I go out for a coffee. Yeah. So you can have your two, but they're both half calf. So you get a little, you get the same, the same, you know, ultimate the same effect, feeling. But, I, yeah. but, I, but over two. Um, and yeah, I, that's quite cool. would, I would love to experiment with that because it's not then going all out and you're not having anything at all, but you're not going all in and, you know, potentially giving people that worry about getting the shakes or the jitters yeah. or feeling a bit maybe anxious or something over it. So yeah, that could be a, an interesting route to look at. Definitely, definitely. It's a bit like the kind of low alcohol drinks, you know, when you have like, there's like drinks coming out now in the alcohol scene where they're like low alcohol, the seltzers and all that kind of thing, where it's like you're having a drink, but you're not having the full drink. You're yeah. Having, yeah. So yeah. that could be an interesting, yeah, interesting category. It'd be pretty cool. Mm. Um. So a bit about you now. So um, you said you you personally drink oat milk. Have you found um, that you've been changing your kind of consumer habits as a result of like the plant based industry rising, or has it mainly just been dairy for you? Um, it really depends on the mood. Like I'll I'd, I'd smash a burger, um, mm. but then if you if we if I got a delivery of a Waggers, I'd be mm. interested in trying their plant based stuff because it can yeah. generally taste so so good. Um, so it all really depends on the mood. And, and I, I think at home we make more of a conscious choice to eat like more veggie kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it'd be really hard to go vegan just because of the stuff that I really, really enjoy. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But, but there are so many amazing vegan and veggie options out there that I'm always, always like happy to, happy to give a go mm. and not going to be like, I'm just a burger guy and I want to eat burgers all day long. Because I mean, in fact, with burgers especially, even things like going to co-op, they do an amazing um, frozen vegan burger called Grow. Oh, and wow. you look at the packaging and you'd be like, oh, this is just not going to be any good. And when you actually try it, it's insane. It's like an amazing, amazing burger. And things like if we're having like bolognese with the kids, um, that will tend to always be like plant-based mints, which oh, is wow, cool. Really? So, yeah, the, thinking about it, um, we actually do quite a lot in that space which is cool. That's really cool. The thing, the thing that, that kind of worries me is when you get such processed plant food that you look on the back and you're, of the packet and you're like, there's so much stuff in here. I'd much rather have a one-ingredient steak than a 50-ingredient pretend chicken breast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think completely. if you're going to go plant, I'd just eat like a really good, I don't know, dal or carrot stew or something like that rather than yeah. it be uh, like ultra-processed. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely mm. agree. I think with the rise in the industry has come obviously with the rise in more product offering, which also comes with the rise in like products not hitting the mark so much and kind of adding ingredients in that might not actually be that healthy. So I think, yeah, it's yeah. all down to research and making sure you, you look at the back for sure. Exactly. Um, so, um, no, I think that's really cool that um, you actually probably end up eating pretty flexitarian without even realizing. I think that's kind of where... Not most people should try and be, but I think that's a good place to be where like you're open-minded about it and, you know, you eat it, you like to explore different products, but not necessarily commit to the whole way. Yeah. Isn't, I mean, I get quite really confused with flexitarian because isn't, isn't a flexitarian just a normal, just a normal yeah, person? Yeah, it just like, is. Not a normal person because you get killed for saying stuff like that these days, but just, yeah, yeah I'll eat. 
I'll eat a veggie thing. I'll eat meat. I'll just eat. I'll drink milk. I'll have oats. I'll just do whatever. I'll do whatever I fancy at yeah. the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. So it's funny. so. I think it came about with people being like, right, I'm going to be vegan. Some people are quite structured, aren't they? They're like, all right, I'm going to be vegan three days a week. Then I'm going to eat whatever I want the other three yeah. day, two days. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. But yeah, ultimately, okay, yeah. you're an open-minded person. Is the yeah. ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> result of it. Um. So also, you obviously we touched on this earlier, but you obviously live in Bournemouth. So yeah. I want to discuss kind of your work-life balance because I feel like that's really important in terms of Jimmy's as a company as well because I feel like mm-hmm. you guys have a really cool brand. The drink's great. The brand's really cool. And I feel like that kind of reflects on your lifestyle and the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. So talk about like your work-life balance and like living in Bournemouth and how that kind of reflects in the company. Um, so I think with regards to like a reflection on the company, the you know, we use our, um, our landscape uh, as to kind of sow the the character of the brand I guess mm. so like the beach the forest being able to be outdoors um, that kind of creates th- sets the tone of voice for us um, but in terms of work-life balance it, I didn't really have one um, at the beginning or maybe for the first four five six years it was yeah. you know you're, you are just you're working hard and I know there's a lot of advice out there to like if you're starting a business make sure you just take it easy go slowly and it's like well if you haven't started a business before, I would recommend you work your nuts off because <laughs> because otherwise will beat otherwise people will beat you to it or you just won't get that stuff done. And the thing is, when you're starting out, you're only small, so you end up having to do all the jobs. Yeah, and I mean like all of them. Mm. And you know, fast forward um, eleven years, we now have a team of twenty six, and we had a we had a big work do the other day, and we were talking about um, if we ever get a call to say that we've got a poor a bunch of stores like the, the rate of sale in some stores isn't working well we have a fantastic team of field sales people out on the road who can go and make those stores work better so getting products looking better on the shelf getting some more facings making sure that we actually have products on the shelf, on the shelf in the first point in the first place and i gave an example at our company do the other day that um we can turn that on now and get five people or ask five people to go out and help us make that better back in the day i used to i got a call from waitrose saying Jim, the little Waitrose stores that you're in aren't performing well. What are you going to do about it? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go and get some um, tablecloth underlay and I'm going to build a carton costume and I'm going to stitch all the letters on myself and I'm going to drive up and down the country standing outside little Waitrose stores saying, by the way, hi, my name's Jim. Have a great day. Just to let you know our iced coffee is stocked in store. We didn't even have access to vouchers then. It was literally just me just saying, we exist. Go and find us. This is what we look like with a, you know, I'm standing there looking like a giant iced coffee so people would come out and they'd go hey i found it in the milk pit and i'm gonna take one home so i rang the buyer at the end of like our my two-week road trip and said you know this is what i've done and um she didn't feed back on the results but she was just so impressed by the fact i just got up off my ass and gone and done it so in the first few years life balance is work is is the priority and life is not um but nowadays you know we're we're still in we're still in on the daily pretty much um take a slightly longer holiday sometimes or a holiday sometimes which is nice um and I think Bournemouth is is nice because I mean I've got an eight month old baby and it's a pleasure going for a walk in the pram you know you're not going down I guess you know somewhere like Bethnal Green Road where you've got ambulances flying by and police flying by and no no greenery or like proper greenery anywhere so I can just walk down to the beach and you can just stroll and you can catch your breath and you can really enjoy you know the endless 
that kind of horizon, which is one of my favorite things, not having yeah. things in space the entire time. Um, so yeah, it does, it does lend itself to having a nice work-life balance and, and um, it's just trying to work out how you get there and what's the route that you take. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so true what you said at the beginning of that, where, you know, you have to work your nuts off. And that's so true. And I don't think, I think now people kind of forget that part. I think it's like, oh, you know, like, make it sustainable, like, take it easy, like, mental health. And I don't get me wrong, I appreciate all of that. And obviously, starting a business is hard, and it is tough on yourself. But also, you do have to get up your ass and just do it. Mm-hmm. and I think yeah that is a really really good point of like the the effort that you put in just it does you know pay off in the end and then you're allowed to kind of have more of that work-life balance yeah I think it's, it's, yeah. It, yeah it's rewarding in the long term I, th- um, I think people need to know that because I mean you could you could just go and get a job and you could do a nine to five which is you know awesome um there's 20 there's 26 people in our company that do that they mm-hmm. they have they have jobs with us and it's it's a thing and everyone gets holiday pay and you know it's, it's, a, it's a structured working thing um but they also don't have the kind of overbearing I don't know risk or worry that a supermarket's going to delist them because their pay packet just comes in and we're like actually we're worried about everyone's pay packet including our own um and the and the life of the company yeah so yeah it's, it's a much bigger worry um but you know potentially in the end the reward could be so much greater so it's it's up to people if they want to take that dip, just beware that you're going to have to work unbelievably hard. Mm. Um, it's not for the faint hearted. It's, it's almost impossible at times. Yeah. Um, but then the highs can be absolutely incredible as well. So mm. it's just whether you want to go and make something or you're actually happy going and working for someone else and feeling comfortable that you're part of something that you're you know proud of with another team. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to take so much of a risk. Absolutely. I think the kind of founder, entrepreneur, lifestyle can be like glamified and everyone thinks it's so amazing and you're in charge of your your own time but ultimately when you're working for someone else nine to five at five you can just switch that work brain off and just relax yeah. whereas yeah. when you have when you have your own company and you're you founded something that off switch doesn't go off because you it can't you can't afford it to exactly so, so yeah that is yeah it's definitely good to highlight that <laughs> and um i want to also talk about this um phrase that you guys have is it keep your chin up yeah so talk about where that came from like I I from the research I've done I feel like I could be wrong here but I feel like it was a lockdown thing or it was or maybe it was really used a lot during lockdown to keep everyone's kind of motivation high and but yeah talk about where that came from and how it's used uh keep keep your chin up was actually was was uh has been with us since day day one um So when I was driving over to a our designer's house for our first kind of brand identity thing, um, I thought every every big company has a has a strap line, and mm. I just thought, well, why don't we why don't we have a strap line already? Mm. Um, and I just thought, uh, I don't know, I don't know why, but just keep your chin up came into my head. Um, there's it's just riddled with positivity. Um, keep your chin up. There's something quite fun about it there's something cheerful there's something a little bit there's a bit of energy in there um so even like the having caffeine for example kind of can make you you know have that extra bit of energy to go and do something um and it's just a bit of a pat on the back on and and a play on the idea of ice cold refreshment and caffeine and kind of just feeling feeling a little bit like getting out on the right side of the bed every day so it wasn't it wasn't a case of like uh, you know jimmy's iced coffee 
made with great beans or you know something like it wasn't on the it wasn't the coffee focus it was more of the outlook focus that you get when you drink one of our when you drink one of our products um we used yeah when we used it in lockdown we use it all the time um and obviously people recognized it potentially more throughout lockdown because they really needed it at that particular point yeah um but it's interesting because people will photograph our products with the keep chin up bit on there and go thanks for this message today because i really needed it and i actually remember a lady who was in the queue at bp once and her her dog had passed away and she picked up a jimmy's and she saw keep your chin up and her dog died the, the, the day before and she was in floods of tears but in in like a in a positive way and she yeah. and she wrote and she wrote us a letter she was like this is what's just happened i can't thank you so much for such a nice little reminder that everything's going to be okay and we're like that's wow. just you know thank you for writing the letter and that's just such a wonderful thing to say so it's nice just to make people's day once in a while you know Definitely. That is amazing. I also feel like with coffee, it is your little pickup and like... Yeah, it's a little perk, perk, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really cool. I love that. And going on to coffee and especially you and coffee, I just want to talk about coffee as a product in general. So I'm really interested in like how many coffees, for example, you have a day and like how what your relationship with coffee is like do you ever get like the coffee shakes obviously you've got coffee at your fingertips constantly so how do you balance personally balance coffee in your life um yeah talk about that it's a really interesting question because it's only just kind of hit me in the last few weeks that I need to like properly knock back my intake yeah so um because I'm in work you know five days a week pretty much I will always have at least one iced coffee when I come in so I'll I'll normally get to the top of our stairs and I'll grab a grab one straight out of the fridge and have that. And then I might have another one afterwards. Um, I tend to not have kind of specialty coffee in the week because I'm normally just at work. Um, but if I do go out, I'll, I'll definitely go and have one. But at the moment I actually kind of hit a wall when like about three weeks ago, I got, I got really ill for a couple of weeks over Easter and um, coffee wasn't the catalyst, but it was part of the beginning of my illness. And I, I think I'd had five coffees that day. And the last one was a specialty one. So it absolutely like tore my head off. Mm-hmm. And then I started feeling really poorly. So I was like, do you know what? I'm it, Because it reminded me of the start of being poorly. I was like, I'm just going to just not drink coffee for about two weeks um, while I was, while I was sick. And then, um, and then kind of ever since then, just been, just been mindful of like, if I'm going to go out and have two coffees at a shop, I will have one normal and then followed by one decaf yeah um and at work I can I do try and limit myself to you know like one 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 of our things or you know maybe two but not any more than that but you know when we first launched and for the first again like five seven years you'd go up to London and you'd have um you, you might go up and have five or six meetings in a day and you've got to I've made it my thing that I'd always have to have one of my products when I'm in the meeting so you get to your sixth meeting and you're, and you're on your sixth iced coffee. And then you get on the train and your eyelids are like flickering all over the shop. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I gosh. guess it was part it was just part of the selling. You know, I, mm. I would I would never be in London without a cool box, like a, a, a pulley trolley. Yeah. Loaded with ice, loaded with iced coffee. And people are like, oh, why didn't you just send one in the post to me? And I was like, because I want you to have it cold. I want you to see what it's like now. I want the reaction. I want to know. And I want to see. And they're just. They're like, wow, you, you drag a cool box up to London every single time. You're like, it's just this what has to happen, I'm afraid. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But, it, you know, all these little tweaks and all these little things um, make a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is amazing. I also um, 
constantly have a cool box with me on wheels. Oh, do I, you? That's cool. Yeah, so I know the feeling. I do struggle with the public transport with it though because um, I have I like people to have variety. I do a lot of like pop ups and stuff, and I like people to have the variety that I offer on the website. So yeah. I like to kind of really pack up the box. Yeah. And then I've got to like lift it downstairs and stuff, and I'm a bit like, oh, this is yeah. this is the issue, but. It on wheels is great, but um, yeah, I do. Think- I actually had I had a um, a big like a proper big cool box on wheels, and I took it to I my drive used to be from Bournemouth. I drive to Shepherd's Bush and go to Westfield. Um, I check the Waitrose because we're always we're stocked in there, and then I get on the tube at Shepherd's Bush, and then and then on the Central Line, and then head head um, into town. And I had this massive one because I was going to an event. So there must have been about 120 iced coffees in this cool box. So it's heavy. Yeah. And I got to the top of this escalator and I basically had to sit on it to stop it from like tilting downstairs. And there was a guy about 15 steps in front of me down the escalator. And he looked up at me and he, he didn't say it, but he, his eyes basically said, if you drop that thing, I'm a dead man. So don't, so basically, please don't kill me today. Oh my and God. This, and we had this like little eye thing going and um i remember it so clearly and i think that was a day where i was kind of like there's probably a better way of being able to do this but we had no money we didn't have you know we couldn't courier it up we couldn't pay a man in a van to go and do it it was just like this is the way it has to work at the moment yeah. and it's also better that way like it's good to be part of that journey and have that and do that and like the blood yeah. sweat and tears thing it does actually happen like there are moments yeah. where you're like why am I doing this what am I doing yeah, yeah but there is a reason there is a why and it's just you know you've got to do what you've got to do so 100%. so going back to your little coffee journey over Easter when you had those two weeks off were you did you do you would you say you're addicted like were you like oh my god this is actually hard to not have coffee for two weeks or were you like god I need this break no, I think it was, I think because I was ill at the same time, I was just actually just like, it wasn't like a con. I'm feeling fine. And then a conscious kind of two weeks of, oh, I just live my life normally and try not to drink coffee. I was actually just like bedridden. So it didn't really matter. I think it was okay. after that, I was kind of thinking about, okay, how am I going to address my relationship with coffee moving forward? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not a really like a big deal, but just now in the back of my mind, I'm like, you've had one, you've had two you're not having any more and you're like yeah. okay I'll just go and get a couple of pints of water and just smash yeah. some water and yeah it's 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 interesting to have that little thing in the back of your brain it like, is. you've had one that's that's plenty mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it is it is really interesting and you've mentioned quite a lot about speciality coffee what's the caffeine um difference between an iced coffee like a Jimmy's iced coffee and a speciality coffee that you'd get in a coffee shop it's it's it that's the million pound question it can it can just vary the entire time so all beans have different um levels of caffeine depending on i'm not really sure on the dependence of why but the you know the source the origin i don't know whether the roasting has any effect of um releasing more caffeine or trapping it in um but um yeah and it's also down like you could say oh, it's got 68 milligrams per 100 ml of, of caffeine or whatever in a product and people go oh that's a lot and then other people go, well, that's that's nothing to me. Um, so it, it all depends on what you've eaten that day, what time of day you're drinking it, who you are as a person. Probably your BMI might have something to do with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it's all it's all very relative. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's a coffee shop near me, and um, I used to go down there, grab a coffee, and I used to have it every time. And I was like, oh my god, I literally feel like my vision's going. I'm shaking. Like, what is going on with this coffee? And yeah. then I went down there the second time, and I saw a sign, and it said 
the bean, the name of the bean, and it said double the caffeine. And I was like, oh, no wonder. Like, there I'm literally yeah. Buzz. shaking, buzzing. <laughs> My vision's gone. I'm like, I feel like I'm drunk. Like, what is yeah. going on? And Call me now, an ambulance. Yeah. yeah. Now I know. Um, so if you are allowed to say anything, what is next for, for Jimmy's? What is next? Uh, well, we've, we've just, we have just decided on what our next product is that we're going to be launching. Um, but until we've, until we've got samples made until we like the product and we can get it listed, we have to keep that quiet. Um, so in in general, another, another product, um, we, um, we, we've got a sales target that we're on for this month, which is probably our most exciting one that we've ever done. Um, so that's another thing, but I, I, I'm, I'd rather just keep that. Definitely. Yeah. Keep, keep that, that quiet. Um, but it's really nice. You know, we're, we're so lucky um, to come out of COVID and still, still exist as a business mm. um, and still now grow. I mean, the move into the bottle can that we've done has just been phenomenal for us. It's been a fantastic switch from carton into bottle can. Um and what else is next? I think, I mean, we've got a, we've just built a six meter tall bottle can, which we're touring around the UK is like a sampling campaign with wow. like products and vouchers to, for call to actions and things like that. Um, and then, you know, there's a little dabble in international, which I'd still love to make something huge, but we've still got so much of the UK to work on yeah. before you go and put all of your energy into something else. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a few things coming up, which are really, Definitely. really exciting. That is really, really great. I think that yeah. campaign sounds amazing. I think in the what hopefully will be a really warm summer, what better way to kind of yeah, tour around fingers and crossed. fingers crossed. That would yeah. be amazing. And yeah, yeah. Carton, carton to can. I'm guessing that was a, was that a recycling move or was that a um, consumer demand move? Like what was the... Um... I, I actually found, I, our cartons used to have a plastic lid and I found one of our plastic lids on the Jurassic coast on a beach at a place called Kimridge, which is just, you know, an area of outstanding natural beauty. It's just stunning. And I was really gutted and I don't know if it was ours. It might've been someone else's, but I was really snapped. Um, and I just thought, why are we making at the time, 6 million of these a year? Um, and to have one of them end up on the beach is really, really crap. Um, and we just thought, you know, aluminium has just got an endless life cycle in terms of recyclable aspect. And, plastic is getting a lot better um but we just thought let's just let's just do this and actually the move into bottle can has um has affected our margin in a bad way uh, but i mean only like ever so slightly mm-hmm. but it's our commitment to changing into something which we believe is better Definitely. um and is working out from a sales point of view you know we didn't have any idea that it was going to work better we just it was a gut feel for us because no one's ever done it here before yeah amazing wow that's that's amazing that you saw that and what a really like that's a real real life example of kind of you saw it you've changed it for the better and yeah that is yeah. that is amazing yeah so I always finish a episode with a final question as you may have gathered this episode is all about food um so I like to ask this final question one of my favorite questions I ask is what would be your last meal so this is starter, main course, and dessert. It All right. can be from anywhere. You can add a drink in there as well. Um, but it can be from anywhere. Anyone's cooking. Uh, yeah, starter, main course, and dessert. Okay. So the only thing I'd be stuck on is the starter, actually. Um, uh, I would probably... Mm. you can come back to the starter if you i'll want. come back to the starter the, the main meal is incredibly easy it would be uh back in Sharjah, which is the next town to dubai 
and I'd be sat outside a shawarma stand um, and I'd be drinking a probably a com- what they used to call computer juice, which is basically just like a big fruit juice oh, wow. um, and a can of Coke or a Diet Coke. And I would have two chicken shawarmas um, on a red plastic chair outside in the dust being surrounded by stray cats uh, oh, listening wow. to... Um, who wants to be a millionaire on TV on a big, blurry, massively noisy telly? The smell of shisha pipes. And that would be my favourite last meal. And the and the pudding would probably be um, Arctic Roll, which is like an old school ice Ooh, cream. Yeah. I'd, prob- I'd probably just have a bit of that because my mum used to give me that like a lot when, when I was growing up in Dubai. Um, and then uh, for my start, I really don't know what I'd go for a starter. Um what I normally have for a starter that I absolutely love. I'm trying to think of like a mackerel pate or something random, but I'm also thinking if I'm going to complement that with a chicken shawarma, I'd probably just have, probably have a really, really good Arabic bread and hummus dip. Yeah. That'd be like a nice, easy way to get into my chicken shawarmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like and an that. Arctic roll to finish, 100%. That's great. That's a really great last meal. That's not been linked to any of my previous episodes. That is very niche. I love it. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jim, thank you so, so much for coming on here and talking all things Jimmy's Coffee. It's been so interesting. I love your journey from start to finish. There thank seems you. so many exciting things to come. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for you guys as a brand. It's, it seems really great. It's been a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you very much for your time. And it's been nice to have been asked um, some slightly different questions and uh, yes. kind of get, I'm getting my brain into different areas. So yeah, um, yeah that is the appreciate. aim. That's the aim to kind of, yeah, try and ask things that you might not have been asked before is definitely yeah. the aim. So um, I'm glad you enjoyed the questions. That's great. Well, have a lovely day. We'll chat to you soon. And you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed hearing Jim's journey as well as all things coffee. I'm really excited to try their new oat products once they launch as I'm a big fan of their current oat slim can. If you haven't tried their products, give it a go and see what all the fuss is about. You won't regret it. Thanks again and see you again next week.